Hi, I'm Lanny. On this podcast, I'll dive deep into all things home. Steading, cooking, schooling, making, food preservation, and scratch-made everything. Our homes used to be more than just a place to sleep and charge our smartphones. The home was the heart of our families, a place where we could birth our babies, school our children, grow, raise, cook, and preserve our own food, host weddings in the pasture, and funerals in our parlor. Do you want to take back your autonomy and breathe new life into your home? Let's learn together. With intention, we can rely more on ourselves and less on the systems that don't serve us. This is the Greener Postures Podcast. Hello again, I'm Lanny, your host of the Greener Postures Podcast. Thanks for joining me. This episode, uh, three of the series of sourdough episodes I'm going to do in March, I'd like to talk about sourdough discard. Um, it can be confusing as to what that is, and I want to straighten some of that out. So first I'll remind you that if you want to jump in my membership, go ahead and join. You can go to greenerpostures.com membership or patreon.com slash greenerpostures. Either place will take you to the information on what different plans I have available for the membership and what you can expect to get from me. Um, if you want to use Patreon, great. If you don't use Patreon, you want to come directly through me, the website will tell you how to do that. And then for people who want to join the live online workshop, that's going to be March 26th at 3 p.m. Pacific time. That's getting started with sourdough. And we're going to be in my kitchen virtually, and I'll be showing you each step of my sourdough bread making process, as well as how I take care of and feed my starter. You're going to get a book that goes with that that I've written that's got a lot of information about sourdough as well as access to the exclusive Greener Postures community telegram group where you can keep in touch with the people that were at the workshop as well as other cool folks and um, share ideas and uh, updates, uh, questions, whatever you're working on. It'd be great. So for the workshop, greenerpostures.com slash workshops. If you can't attend live, you can always purchase the replay. Today, I want to talk about sourdough discard. Sourdough discard, for those who don't know, Discard refers to the, um, the sourdough starter that needs to be removed from the equation when you're feeding your starter. So I talked about this in the first episode in, in March, which is like feeding the starter. To me, the way I thought of it was that I would actually be putting food into the starter. So that means that I thought I was going to have a jar of starter and I was going to add flour and water to that and that would be feeding, but it's actually not you're going to actually take some of the starter out and then feed it. And you can either do that in the same jar where you actually remove some of the starter, then that becomes your discard and then add flour and water to that. Or you can get a new clean jar and add flour, water, and a small amount of the starter to that. That's the way I do it. I like having a clean jar every time because I just think it looks tidy and makes it easier to clean the jar because it doesn't get dried flour all over it. So, the amount that you are getting rid of, assuming you're not baking and you're just feeding your starter, there is some amount that you need to get rid of. And the reasons being is one, like you can't just keep growing this bacteria indefinitely. And two, there are byproducts of the fermentation that are in there that would become too concentrated if you don't remove some of it. So that would be like acetic acid and um, like alcohol. So we don't want too much of that in our bread. It would become too sour and then too boozy. 
So the way to do that is just to get rid of some of it each time. And then you take a small amount of your starter, add it to fresh flour and water. So that small amount of little group of bacteria has tons of food and water to eat and to proliferate, to continue to grow and reproduce. So each feeding, when you're feeding your starter and you're not using it to bake, then you have something that to throw away. And I'm using air quotes here because you don't actually need to throw it away. It's called discard because it's the part that you have to remove, but you don't actually have to discard it. It doesn't have to go into the trash. So what do you do with it instead? What's it good for? So we know the reason we're making uh, sourdough starter is because we're going to use the colony of bacteria and yeast to rise the bread. It's a leaven. Like baking soda, baking powder, or commercial yeast, we're using this to rise our baked goods. But there's another reason to use sourdough starter discard. Once it's discarded, it has gone past the point of where you could bake with it. It's no longer a leaven. So it's gone basically from you feed your starter and then it rises to its peak and that's when you want to bake with it then it starts to fall again and that's when it becomes discard so the discard is not something that you can just mix into dough and expect to rise the bread the same way if you're using a fed starter the discard though will add flavor and texture and nutrition to any of your baked goods Think of it as just using fermented flour. So instead of using this to actually rise your bread anymore, you're just gonna use it to enhance the flavor or the texture or the nutrition in your food. My favorite recipes for discard would be pancakes, waffles, crackers, and pizza dough. Most of these things can be made on the fly. Some of them have to be made overnight. And then also with anything wheat, if you're fermenting it overnight, you're going to get better bang for your buck as far as nutrition and digestibility. So there's a lot of different ways you can get into using the discard. Um, my favorite one to start would be to make crackers. Uh, the first time I made sourdough discard crackers, I made a recipe that my friend Tammy suggested, Tammy Jacks of the Dirty Hands podcast. She gave me a recipe and it had flour and butter and, um, salt and uh, optional herbs and then the sourdough discard which was great but I wanted to try to make a cracker that had a hundred percent fermented flour so that I didn't have to make it overnight and I I went and I looked and looked online and I never really found what I wanted so I decided to try to make it up this is probably out there online some this is somebody else's recipe already but all I did is I dumped the sourdough discard into a bowl and I put some olive oil or butter melted butter in there and some salt and I stirred it really well and that was my dough for my crackers so instead of adding dry flour to it um, I just used this discard and the crackers are really tangy, like they, they taste like over-fermented sourdough starter, um, and I really like that. Sometimes we mix uh, like everything bagel seasoning in or different kinds of herbs like rosemary and sea salt, um, flake salt on top of the crackers are really good, but that's my favorite, my go-to. If I start to have too much starter, um, discard accumulating in the fridge, my, my go-to is to make crackers. And to do that, it's a cookie sheet. You preheat the oven to 325, get a cookie sheet, you put parchment paper on it, and then you uh, use a spatula to spread that mixture of sourdough starter discard, olive oil, and salt um, onto this parchment paper, trying to get an even thickness throughout. And then you put it in there for 10 minutes in the oven on 325, 
pull it out and score it. So use a pizza cutter is what I do. Cutting it into the shape that you want your crackers to be when they're done. And then using a fork to poke some holes in it. Like um, think saltine crackers, how they have those uniform little holes. So you could make it as cute or as messy as you want to. The holes are just going to help that if it does decide it wants to rise at all, we actually don't want it to rise for crackers. That's an unleavened bread. It's just a thin, crunchy piece of bread. So I um, poke some holes in it if I feel like, put some flake salt on at the beginning. I I don't know if I mentioned that. Top, top it with a little flake salt after there's also salt in the dough. And then you put it back in the oven and bake it until it's golden brown and set all over. And that usually takes me 30 to 45 minutes more because it's on a pretty low heat. You don't want it to burn, so it does need to be a low heat um, and kind of cook for a long time. Once those come out, um, they never last more than a few days, so I couldn't tell you how long they last, but I would say at least a week um, in a sealed container after they're fully cooled. So that's one way to use your discard. Um, other ones I said were like pancakes and waffles, and there's tons of recipes online. So I will point you in the direction to people, bloggers who have been doing this for a long time. And my two favorite go-to blogs for recipes for discard is number one is Little Spoon Farm. Um, she also makes videos, but I don't watch her videos. They're not my style of video. I like her um, blog for the recipes. She has the button where you can click it to skip to the bottom. She always has really good pictures of each step. Little Spoon Farm for just search on her website, or maybe she even has a tab for sourdough discard recipes. There's everything. I've made her um, lemon uh, blueberry muffins uh, with sourdough discard, and I've made her waffles and pancakes and pizza crust. I can't remember if her pizza crust is the one that I started using from the beginning, but um, there's the other blog that I like is Farmhouse on Boone. So people might be familiar with her already. She's pretty cool. Um, can't remember her name, but yeah, Farmhouse on Boone also has some pretty good discard recipes and, um, just sourdough recipes in general. The recipe for pizza crust that I use now is my own recipe, but it kind of morphed from one of those two ladies blogs. Um, and it's a really great recipe using sourdough discard and you do ferment the dough overnight and then cold proof it as well. And you don't want a big rise out of your pizza crust. You want a little bit, but you want it to be stretchy and kind of thin and maybe get a little crispy and chewy. And this did it perfectly. So, um, check out either one of those, um, blogs for all the things discard. Now sourdough discard is something that you, you know, are going to take away from your starter uh, as a process. And it basically it happens when you have a starter bigger than what you need for baking, or you have a starter that you're not baking with and it's time to feed it again. And when that happens, I just take the starter discard and I put it into a different jar and I put it in my fridge and I write the date that I started that jar. And then I will continue to add to that same jar until it's full. Always keeping in mind that the oldest flour in there is what the date on the jar is. And so when I um, then go and use that, I'll wash the jar and I start a new jar of discard after that. Uh, when I first started keeping sourdough, I used a quart size jar for my sourdough starter and I did a large volume of starter not understanding at that time that I don't need to maintain a large batch of starter if I'm not using it 
So I really focused on using up that discard and I was baking a lot more than our family really needed. And I would um, oftentimes make muffins when I had too much discard. And then I would individually wrap those in saran wrap, put them in a Ziploc bag, label them and freeze them so that we could pull just one or two muffins out at a time to heat up for my kid when he wanted something. And those actually make a really good, discard adds a lot of flavor to the muffins and I, I don't ever wanna make muffins again that aren't sourdough discard muffins. I would highly recommend it. And you do want a rise in a muffin. So you are adding like baking soda or baking powder to those recipes to help leaven that uh, recipe since the yeast in the sourdough discard is not enough to do that for you. Um, I've also done other things that I didn't like as much with my discard. One being a topping for a cherry cobbler. So it was basically like a biscuit-y kind of a dough that you then spooned on top of cherry pie filling, which I can, so I have a lot of. Just dump my cherry pie filling in, put these um, little, you know, biscuit-like dough on top and bake it. The reason I didn't like it is because it is tangy and the sourdough discard made that topping really tangy and I felt like that was really off from the already sour cherry pie filling. That same cobbler topping might have been just fine with a blackberry pie filling, um, but I don't think it would be good with apple and it definitely wasn't good with the sour cherries. Another thing that I didn't really like with my discard was uh, chocolate chip cookies. Again, same thing. It, it was this tanginess, this sourness. And it could it could have been that the sourdough discard I used for my fridge was older because the, the flavor is going to continue to develop in your fridge. So when you put that discard aside, it just doesn't stop developing. It slows it way down when it's in your fridge. So you're stor storing the discard in your fridge and it's continuing to develop. If it's been in there for a week or two, it's going to be pretty sour. And when that happens now, I know I'm going to make crackers with it because I like that sour taste in those crackers. I don't want to make cherry pie um, cobbler with that because it's too sour and it's unappealing to me. So keep that in mind, that developing flavor. And you really are not going to know until you try a recipe. So just go for it. Um, there's a lot of other recipes for things like tortillas and, and I've done that as well. Um, and it's good. And then having that discard in the fridge is cool too. If you accidentally do something to your starter where you, you know, use the, all of it for a recipe without thinking and you don't have any starter that to move the, to the next feeding and keep your st sourdough starter going, you can always use a scoop of that discard from the fridge to hopefully get your colony back going again. Um, you can also use that sourdough discard if it's not been in the fridge for too many days to start another a sourdough starter and give it to a friend. So if you don't have enough from your, you know, general feeding time, you can still use the stuff that's been in the fridge for a few days once things are established. Um, one note about discard is I wouldn't use the discard from beginning a starter. So if you're starting your starter from scratch and you are growing that colony of yeast and it's not really active yet, that first like seven to 10 days, you're going to still be discarding stuff. But I don't, I didn't save that because that wasn't fermented flour. That's just old <laughs> wet flour because it's not fermenting yet. There's not the colony of bacteria and yeast active yet. So um, somebody might have a use for that, but I just wouldn't recommend it. It's not going to be tangy. And even in like day like 
three to six, it can be kind of funky, like stinky smelling, like a little bit of sulfur-ish smell until the, um, the bacteria and yeast start to kind of balance out and do their thing. So definitely um, wait until the sourdough starter is, is established before you start using that discard. I wish there was a different name for discard. I haven't thought of a nickname to call it yet because it sounds mean <laughs> to call something so useful uh, discard because it's like, it's not waste, it's not trash. It's, it's, um, it's surplus. It's, it's sourdough starter surplus. It's like extra. It's a bonus. You know, I look at it as a positive thing because if you're trying to do the properly prepared grains thing, as far as Weston A. Price talks about, and you're trying to do like an ancestral way of eating, you can think that grains were always soaked, sprouted, or fermented, and you have on hand fermented flour. It's ready to go. So if you're using your sourdough um, starter to make bread, that's great. And you have properly prepared bread. But what about all those other products that you want to maybe whip up a little faster? Well, if you have that soaked grain there to get started from, then you can use that properly prepared grain in a recipe on the fly. If it's something that you just keep on hand, like the crackers. And those crackers are properly prepared because they have been fermented. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to add extra dry flour to that. I just wanted to use 100% of that because then it's um, very digestible and good. And I was happy to feed that to my baby when he was first being introduced to wheat. Um, sourdough starter seems to last a very long time in the fridge, uh, but I did want to point out that will change. So we talked about how it will get more soury and maybe a little boozy smell, but the texture of it can change as well, where it becomes flat. There's no more bubbles in it and dense, thick, but then it can kind of start to thin in a way where the liquid will separate from the flour a little bit. And you'll get this alcohol liquid on top that is often referred to as hooch. And it's like a brownish liquid. And it's not bad. You can you can pour it off or you can stir it in. It doesn't matter. Um, but you do want to notice when you're, by the time you're getting hooch, you should probably be using that discard because it's been in there a while. Not, I'm not usually seeing hooch until like two weeks of my starter just sitting or discard just sitting in the fridge. Um that will uh, be a good indicator that it's time to use it. Um, the, the hooch, again, is not harmful, but it does, by time you're developing hooch, you're having, your sourdough starter is going to be super sour. So keep that in mind, too, for how you're going to decide to use that discard. So um, I can't think of much more that I want to say about discard. I really like having it on hand. It's not, it's not a negative thing. It's the surplus of fermented grain. And I think that the recipes online that I found are so inventive and awesome. The cool ways to use this stuff. I mean, I've even seen people use it in granola and you mix it with oats and stuff and, and, and it, you bake it in the oven and it's like crumbly granola. And I've seen other people use it as, um, a, uh, dipping, what, what do I want to say? Dredging for like chicken strips, um, a batter, you know, uh, fish and chips with sourdough st starter discard batter. Um, there's a lot of different ways to use it that I haven't even tried yet. And that makes uh, this all the more fun. Sourdough is fun because there's so many variables and sourdough starter discard is fun because there's so many ways to use it. Uh, it's really great. I've seen on, I think, 
I think it was farmhouse on Boone. She uses it straight up to make pizza crust on the fly. Just like pour the starter into the pan and make a crust, which I thought was pretty cool. And I, it's not the best pizza crust in the world, but it is super fast. So if you have like zero plans for dinner and you have the, um, ingredients for like some toppings or you have leftover pasta sauce, you just get your cast iron really hot and then basically dump the discard in, spread it all around, even up the edges of the pan, sprinkle a little salt on top. And then once the bottom of that has set a little bit, you put it in the oven for a minute and then you can add sauce and toppings, put it back in the oven until it looks done and you're you have pizza. You slide it out of your cast iron, let it cool for a minute and slice it. And I've done that before. Um, I think actually I have a YouTube video that I made a while ago that I didn't have a specific recipe for, but it's, it was, I think it was titled how I make all the things on my YouTube channel preserving today. And that was just kind of going a day in the life of how I prep food so that I'm doing one, one, um, you know, activity of prepping and, and getting a lot of out of it. And during that day, I made my son uh, pizza for breakfast because he woke up late and I said, what do you want for breakfast? And he said, pizza. And I realized I had leftover pizza sauce and I had some shredded mozzarella and I had some pepperoni and I was like, oh yeah, okay. And he was like, what? And then all of a sudden I'm like the coolest mom because I'm making pizza for my kid for breakfast. And I don't have to feel bad about it because it's long fermented organic wheat and, um, all ingredients that are pretty like basic, not um, processed. And I did that by using the cast iron method. Um, the, the best pizza crust that I've made, which I do have a reel on Instagram showing, um, me making it on my barbecue last summer. This pizza crust is an overnight thing. You make it, you can make it at night and let it sit overnight and then put it in the fridge in the morning. And then it's ready for you to use if you plan about a half an hour ahead before dinner time. And I think you can even leave it in the fridge for longer, like two days. So you can really plan ahead with it. Um, that pizza crust is super good and that you're going to roll and then stretch. And I still like making those in the cast iron. I put the cast iron skillets in the oven and preheat the oven with the skillet. So the skillet's super hot. And then I put the stretch, the crust, put it in the cast iron, quickly top it with whatever we're going to top it with, throw it back in the oven on a really high heat. That way is great. Otherwise pizza stone on the barbecue works exceptionally well but it is hard to move a topped pizza onto a pizza stone without like accidentally dumping all the toppings off of it. I think there's some trick to that, that pizza makers totally know that I don't, it's all in the wrist of flicking, but I don't have a good pizza paddle. So I was using like a cutting board that I had cornmeal all over to try to let it slip off pretty well. I got kind of good at it by the end of the season, but I have a feeling that when I start doing pizzas outside again this year, I'm going to kind of have to start over from scratch. Oh, also keep in mind, pizza stones can crack at a really high heat. So I totally cracked my pizza stone on my barbecue and I, I just shoved it together and kept using it for the rest of the season, but I might need a new pizza stone next year and I'll have to figure out how to not have it on that direct heat. But using the barbecue for it is great because you can get it super hot. Like a pizza oven from a really good pizza place, wood fire pizza, brick oven pizza, they're getting up to like 700 degrees Fahrenheit. 
We can only get up to about 500 degrees in our oven inside. I can get my barbecue a little hotter than that. So it cooks super fast. You're going to like the Neapolitan style of pizza, thin, crispy crust, really kind of like blistered on the outside. And it was really, really good. I totally want pizza now. What's for dinner? Uh, I should plan ahead for pizza soon because <laughs> that sounds really awesome. And it's getting closer and closer to uh, the season where it is appropriate to be outside cooking on your barbecue. So I'm looking for that. Uh, look forward to that as well. Speaking of which, I have made hamburger buns with my sourdough starter and those were really, really good. And I made them on my barbecue last year too when it was too hot to cook inside. Sourdough is really, really fun. And I think part of what's so fun about it is because that's food that I loved when I was a kid. I loved bread. I loved pasta. I loved crackers. And as I got older and I was trying to search for an answer to any kind of health or weight issues I was having, I thought bread was bad. You know, I came from the Atkins school of thought. Um, any, any kind of carb was a bad idea. And now knowing that I can properly prepare things and eat it at home and not feel sick afterwards and not have it affect my weight is not have it affect my blood sugar um, negatively is it's really empowering. It's realizing that it's not the food. It's not the food. It's the how it's prepared. And I think that by taking more responsibility for what I eat, by putting in the work, I have more control and more um, flexibility and more enjoyment. And that's, that's really, really excellent. So this last year and a half with sourdough has been like empowering in a lot of ways because it felt like these things were just off limits and that those foods were bad. And now I know it just furthers my opinion. It's not the food. It's the system. It's this broken system that we have. We reduce things down to their parts and throw them back together in a weird way with a bunch of synthetic additives and synthetic vitamins. And we call that food. No, thank you. But if I can get a wheat berry and I can grind that and sift that and ferment that and make something delicious out of it, the nutrients, the nourishment that I get out of that food is going to be so different than what I would get if I got that first mentioned thing that is supposed to be the same. You know, you might even have a bun next to each other, hamburger bun here and a hamburger bun there. They look about the same, but one's got dough conditioners um, that are also in yoga mats or whatever they said Subway sandwiches were doing for a while. Uh, chemicals that you can't pronounce, additives, um, things to mold inhibitors, um, enriched stuff like iron and heavy metals and aluminum. And then the food that I have is ground wheat and melted grass-fed butter and real salt. And that's made into something that even tastes better, but also nourishes your body. And so I think that's um, something to keep in mind when you're putting this effort in to do something like sourdough, to make the most of it by using your discard and finding ways to work that into your normal routine, finding recipes that you like and like doing them so often that you have them memorized so that it's not challenging to do it and you can just get to it. Um, and, and like, just feeling good about feeding yourself well and enjoying the food that you're eating. So I hope that you guys have been inspired to try new things with your sourdough discard or to get started with sourdough and being excited about the discard as well. Surplus? What, what am I going to call it instead? Not discard. It sounds negative. But for the sake of the conversation and continuity, yes, get started using your sourdough discard 
uh, as soon as your starter is established and enjoy exploring that maybe even before you bake your first loaf of bread because it's a little less pressure, a little less planning, a little less scheduling. And speaking of scheduling, that's what I'm going to talk about in the next episode. I'm going to talk about scheduling. How do you schedule your sourdough bread making? Because there are recipes out there and they tell you, you need to do one step and then wait for four hours and then another step and then wait for 12 hours. And you're like, am I going to be waking up in the middle of the night, setting an alarm so that I can get up and shape my bread? And the answer is no, you're not going to do that. Um, or I mean, unless you want to, but I would assume you don't want to. So uh, I'm going to talk about how I work the schedule of sourdough bread making into my daily routine and how to make sure that it's not stopping me from doing other things and stopping me from getting sleep. So we'll talk about that on the next episode of the Greener Posture podcast. And if you are liking what you hear, please share the episode with your friends or um, leave a review on whatever podcatcher that you listen to. I really appreciate that. Um, until next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm Lanny, and this was the Greener Postures podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Greener Postures, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Preserving Today, by going to youtube.com slash at Greener Postures. Questions, feedback, or would you like to be a guest on the show? Send me a DM, or you can email me at greenerpostures at pm.me. I'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in attending one of my online workshops and joining the exclusive Greener Postures Telegram group chat, go to my website, greenerpostures.com workshops. I hope to see you there.